Welcome to the Music, Money, and Life podcast. This podcast is brought to you by HowToLicenseYourMusic.com. If you want to learn how to make money writing music for TV, films, and ads, visit HowToLicenseYourMusic.com today for a free video series all about how to write music specifically for use in TV shows, films, and commercials. Music, Money, and Life is the podcast that brings together the best minds in music licensing, music publishing, music marketing, and more together in one place. Learn how to license your music and market your music. Learn the latest cutting-edge techniques for getting your music heard and making money from your music. Learn directly from the musicians and industry insiders on the front lines of the music business. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes. Every positive review helps us rise up the ranks in iTunes, gain more subscribers, and attract more and more great guests. And now, without further ado, here's today's podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Music, Money, and Life podcast. Today, I'm really excited to to be speaking with Katie Zaccardi. Katie is a a wellness and and health coach, a self-care and wellness coach. Um, Did I say that right? You are a self-care and wellness coach based out of New York City. How are you doing, Katie? I am good. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad we, that we can do this today. This is actually a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for, for quite a while. So today we're going to be talking about mental health, anxiety, depression, a lot of really fun stuff on, on uh, today's episode. So Katie, what I'm interested in doing before we get started, before we sort of jump into this, can you sort of outline what a self-care and wellness coach is, how long you've been doing this, and, and exactly what what this entails. Yeah. So I've been doing it officially for over a year now. Um, I just started my business at the beginning of 2019 in a, in an official capacity, but what I do as a wellness coach, and I'm sort of starting to shift things in my business and really drifting more into wellness and career coaching, because I believe that if you want to move your music career forward, you really need to be doing things that are taking care of yourself because Oftentimes I find artists tend to compartmentalize and it's like, oh, I'm doing this for my music career and I have these goals and yada, yada, yada. And then just because they may or may not be stressed out about music specifically, but perhaps about other things in their life or they have habits that they want to kick or they have no wellness routine, no way to deal with stress, all of that impacts your career and your career development and goal setting and whatnot. So what I do with my clients is really work on what they are struggling with in a very holistic way. So I have a process that I take them all through. It involves getting clarity on their goals at the forefront and what they want to accomplish both in their life in their wellness and in their music career. And then we work on working on a wellness routine. So I believe it's really important to have a basic wellness routine for people to fall back on and use every day so that every single day they're doing something to reduce stress and to take care of themselves. And then from there, we work through mindset blocks. So mindset is a huge part of self-care and wellness, even though it's not maybe talked about as much in that capacity. There's a lot of things around mindset that hold artists back and that cause a lot of stress around doing things, which of course impacts our wellness, impacts our career. And then from there, as we work through all of this stuff, we'll go a little bit deeper into making a game plan for accomplishing those goals and kind of rinse and repeat after that because- Honestly, it never really ends as things change, as you reach your goals, as you move forward, you need to keep adjusting things in your life and keep overcoming whatever mindset blocks come with it. Um, so yeah, that's, it's all part of the growth. 
Yeah, I read a statistic recently, this was maybe a month or, or two ago, that I read a statistic that something like, I think this, the exact number is 73% of musicians report struggling with depression and anxiety. And it really, like, the more I thought about it, it sort of occurred to me that in a lot of ways it kind of makes sense. Because if you think about the music industry, you think about just how hard it is. So you take someone with a temperament that's probably... You know, I think it's probably fair to say that most artists, I'm generalizing, but in general, artists probably have a more sensitive uh, temperament. I think that's probably fair to say. And then you put them in an industry that is arguably one of the hardest industries to succeed in. It almost seems like a perfect storm for things like anxiety and, and depression. So how much of it do you, in your experience, how much, how much of artists struggling with mental health issues is simply a result of the industry that they're in being so so difficult versus just who they are as people? Yeah, I mean, that's a big question to answer, truthfully, because, and yeah. I, I really believe that anxiety and depression, there's a lot more to it than just um, having it, <laughs> as silly as that might sound. I personally struggle with anxiety myself, and I have lo been looking and been on a healing process with natural health with functional medicine, natural medicine to look at other underlying root causes. So there's a lot that goes to it. I know for myself, it's genetic. My grandparents struggled with it. Like I, I know other people in my family who have struggled with it. It's not really a surprise that I struggle with it. You know, it's kind yeah. of expected in a way, but it did come out for me at a very random time. It started primarily when I was in college and that's when stuff got worse. And so I started inquiring, okay, what situational things were going on that might cause this ongoingly and might trigger it? What other things health-wise are going on? Of course, things like sleep and again, you know, reducing your stress day to day, those things matter. So does diet. I have had to really work on my gut health because that also contributes. So it's, it's hard to say, you know, every musician is just like this because the music industry is hard. I don't believe that to be the case. I think that there are a lot of people who struggle with anxiety or depression or any mental illness for a wide, wide variety of reasons. However, yeah. if you do struggle with it either way, then you are in the music industry, which most likely if you are, you know, are a songwriter as well, or either way, it's, it can be a very emotional industry where you are putting yourself out there. You are, not only writing songs that reflect your emotions, reflect your life, are very just authentic and um, genuine and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just you being open, really. You're also opening yourself up to criticism and praise every day, which can also just be a lot to handle on our emotions, especially if you happen to be struggling with some sort of you know mental health issue on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's kind of almost just like, adding more to the pot, right? It's like, you might yeah. struggle with it anyway. And then if you add these things to the pot, um, and if something situational were to happen, that would make it worse or trigger it altogether, then there's just more to deal with and just more to sift through as you try to really get better and try to get your mental health into a better place. So that day to day, you're not functioning from a place of high stress and high anxiety or from a place of very low depression. So you mentioned that you had an episode when you were in college. Was that, have there been other events in your life situational that, that you found in your experience have, have exacerbated your anxiety issues? 
So when I was in college, it, I had a few instances like panic attacks, essentially. Um, yeah. That was at the beginning of it. And since then, like, I don't really have extreme panic attack anxiety, right? Like a panic attack is a very, it's a bigger event where, you know, you go through the whole symptoms of you feel lightheaded and shaky and, and everything and your heart's pounding. And that doesn't really happen to me so much anymore, but it did at the very beginning, especially because I think I didn't know what was happening. And so that would definitely make things a lot worse because when you don't know what's going on, it's, it's hard because then you have that fear of like, what is happening to me? What is going on? I don't know how to deal with this because I don't even know what it is. So that happened back in college and there really was no particular, um, situation. Like I, you know, sometimes people will deal with a traumatic loss or something traumatic happening in their life. And that can trigger, of course, PTSD, depression, anxiety. And that sometimes you can very, very quickly correlate back to a specific incident happening. That did not happen for me. It just happened that in college, I started exhibiting these symptoms, which got worse and worse until I finally got to the point where I acknowledged and I went to a doctor and you know, it was confirmed. All right. You're having generalized anxiety disorder. So once I knew that I was better able to figure out what I could do day to day to deal with it. And that included, you know, finding triggers for me, some triggers would be coffee, alcohol from a diet perspective. I now know that gluten is also sometimes a trigger for me. So I don't eat gluten. And, you know, that's some external factors. I also would notice that some friends and some people in my life who, you know, I don't want to call them toxic, but it was a little bit toxic in my life because every time I'd get a text for them or every time something would happen, I would, my heart would start pounding and I would feel shaky and nervous. And, you know, that kind of stuff, once you recognize that something's going on and you're better able to pay attention to it, you will notice things like that, that are not serving you and that are acting as triggers to what you're going through. Um, I'm trying to think a few other things was just making sure, you know, I was prepared. I was always, well-fed, well-planned, that kind of things. That's just my personal experience of what I need to make sure that I am not, you know, allowing anxiety to creep in unnecessarily. And again, for me, like doing things like yoga and getting a lot of sleep, that's all very important for me because if I'm super tired or not taking care of my mind and my body, then it just makes it all the easier for me to slip into a period of anxiety or get anxious easily and not be able to come out of it. Because really, especially for people who struggle with something like a generalized anxiety disorder where it's, you know, kind of ongoing, you have to just get good at coping with it and shutting it down on a day-to-day basis instead of letting it flourish. So that's kind of what it's about for me in my life in particular. It's about making sure that I have things that I'm doing and habits that are really strong so that I know I can deal with it if it comes up and I don't have to worry about it like getting out of hand or not knowing what to do if I do feel anxious day to day and also just lowering my anxiety on a day to day level. Like I don't have nearly as many anxious days or moments as I used to because of these things. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about anxiety in the context of of the music industry. And by the way, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast with you today is this is like, this is something that I've dealt with in my own life and I've been pretty open about it. I've made videos on my YouTube channel about it. And and interestingly enough, my first sort of period of of anxiety was when I went to college for the first time as well. So 
maybe it has mm. something to do with you know transitional periods in our lives i mean obviously there's more stress when you're yeah. away from home for the first time yeah. but that lasted a couple months and then it sort of subsided and you know for for years i was sort of you know more or less quote unquote normal and then i've had other instances here and there throughout my my life where it it sort of flares up and then it goes away and and yeah. so at this point i'm uh i'm very relaxed about my my anxiety in the in the sense like something i've noticed in our culture is and i don't know if mental health issues are becoming more prevalent or we're just more open in discussing them but there's it seems like a lot of people deal with anxiety these days would you say so i have a question we'll get to the music industry but i'm just curious what your perspective is on anxiety in general do you think yeah. more people suffer from anxiety or do you think people are just more open about talking about it like like we are yeah, that's such a good question. I think it's probably a combination of both. Now, I haven't studied this in particular as far as stats go, so I couldn't say for sure, but I think it's probably a combination of both. And, you know, there's, of course, that kind of distinguishment of a lot of people will say, oh, I'm feeling so anxious right now or whatever. And I think it's important to distinguish having anxiety, like an anxiety disorder or um, a panic attack disorder or anything like that versus the normal anxiety that we all feel, right? If we're like yeah. going on stage for a show or going into a job interview or really excited about something or really nervous about something, like that stuff is normal. That's an, you know, an anxious feeling. Like we all have that sometimes. Um, yeah. But there's a difference between that and feeling a more severe bout of that more often, more regularly, more intensely. And again, just the frequency of it, whether it's day to day or week to week, and it's impacting your life. And when it's impacting your life, that's when it becomes a problem. So I think, yeah, we're more open about talking about this stuff on a very basic level. And so sometimes it can seem like everybody's struggling with it because everyone feels anxious. And luckily, I think it's a good thing that we're all more open about talking about this. But there is a difference between being a human and feeling human emotions and and also adding an anxiety disorder or any other, um, you know, anxiety, sev more severe issue on top of that. Yeah. And, and there, there's a very fine line, right? Because like you said, it, it's, th there's a, there's a certain experience of anxiety that sort of falls under the umbrella of quote unquote, normal human experience, things that most humans experience from time to time. Right. And then there's anxiety disorders where, and I, I don't know exactly where that, where that line is, but where, like you said, it interferes with, with your life. Yeah. And what, what I'm wondering is because like one of the things I've noticed in my own life as I get older is that I just have a, a, sort of a more go with the flow approach, but mm -hmm. like I used to be very analytical about my anxiety. So if I was in a social, social situation that was awkward, I would go home and sort of analyze it and I would ruminate. Right. Mm -hmm, and it's sort of mm -hmm. like being anxious about being anxious. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Whereas I, do you know what I mean? Whereas I feel yeah. like if you can drop that and just sort of go with the flow and experience life as it happens, you can dramatically reduce your, your anxiety. Have, have you found any sort of cognitive therapy type approaches to, to be helpful just yeah. in terms of reframing experiences? So I have actually never tried cognitive behavioral therapy myself. Um, it was recommended to me when I was first diagnosed, but I ended up going a different route. And 
I ended up really tapping into yoga. And of course I, you know, I recommend therapy. Like if someone feels that that's right for them, I think that that is amazing. And I think that for me, I, I kind of like actually took a very cocky point of view when I was first diagnosed, it was just like, well, I'm very self-aware. So like, I'll figure this out, which sometimes worked, sometimes totally did not work. Like <laughs> I'm not a therapist. Like at that time, particularly, I didn't really have the skills to deal with it. I just considered myself self-aware. And because of that, decided that I was going to start by just really being aware of what was going on and what was triggering it and making changes in my own life. And it did make a huge difference. Um, so I have never tried therapy, but I have done things like yoga. And as I mentioned before, making diet changes and, and taking some supplements and whatnot that have helped me to get to that point where, yes, I'm no longer you know, regularly worried, not only about the anxiety, but is the anxiety going to happen? And then that triggers anxiety to begin with, <laughs> that kind of like, yeah. you didn't even know if it was going to happen, but now you're anxious about it possibly happening. So it kind of ruins stuff for you. Um, so that all of those tools have been very helpful for me. And it's really been a combination of stuff, but, um, I did my yoga teacher training, which of course the physical part of yoga is, is really amazing for getting into your body and your breath, but the mental part of it as well. And the mindset that was where I first really got my start in working on my mindset and changing how I approach things and making the choice and also just having that outlet to be able to work through the stress and kind of let it out was really helpful because I think the more that you work on that, the better you're able to deal with things as they come up. Cool. So would you say that in your sort of tool bag and in, in, in terms of resources for dealing and managing with anxiety, yoga has been one of the most helpful things for you? It's been really powerful for me. Yeah. And it was one of the first that really made a huge difference. Awesome. So I don't, I've done some yoga. I've taken a few yoga, yoga classes here and there. I haven't really gotten that much into yoga. Something that I've found much more helpful in my own experience is, is meditation. Is that something that you do or, or work with at all? Yeah. So meditation for me is very often present within my yoga practice. Um, particularly in my yoga teacher training, we did a lot of meditation during that time. And that, you know, that was where I felt the most drastic shift from like, here I am anxious and like <laughs> dealing with it. And here I am now, like feeling really at peace with things. And not to say that that cured everything. And that was, that was the end of it, but that was the start of me really, really starting to heal. And I think meditation is a big part of that. Now I, I'll be honest. I don't like wake up every day and meditate for 20 minutes. That's not my thing. I do meditate during yoga as part of the yoga practice. And I also try to find meditation in other ways, like taking a walk or, you know, doing the dishes and, um, or having a dance party and things like that, where I'm just being really, really present. So it's not necessarily for me about like large sittings of meditation where I'm just sitting and doing nothing, but more so just trying to integrate presence in my day-to-day -day life through whatever, through whatever I'm doing. Yeah. What, what about, do you have any sort of beyond yoga and, and meditation, any sort of spiritual practice? And, and, and the reason I asked, let me preface uh, uh, this by saying that I, I feel like, I feel like on some sort of fundamental level, anxiety is maybe sort of a lack of faith, right? It's a very fear-based sort of primal emotion, 
right? You're, yeah, I mean, a it, lot of people say fear. that anxiety, yeah, it's fear of the future, right? Like depression is being in the past and anxiety is being in the future, not being in the present. Right. So the reason I ask about a spiritual practice is, is I just feel like on some level, if, if you're chronically anxious, there's some sort of fear going on. So, so you know, one of the things you talked about in, in the message that you sent me in your notes is finding like the root cause, like what is causing the anxiety. And I feel like in my own life, something that's helped me deal with my anxiety much more effectively is, and I'm not a super religious person per se, but just sort of developing a you know, looking at, at faith as at, and sort of op, optimism as a muscle and just developing that muscle and having a more sort of positive, like things are going to work out attitude towards life. How does that sort of tie into your experience? Yeah. So I actually grew up Catholic and I'm not like a super practicing Catholic right now, but faith in that sense has, has always been a pretty big part of my life. But now I definitely find my yoga practice to be very spiritual for me. And I've also been working on, like you said, kind of tapping into that optimism day to day. Right. And that's practice. And some things that I do for that are journaling. I have my own coaches that I work with and a lot of the, the capacity is in a business sense, but with all of those coaches, even though they're business coaches, we're constantly working on mindset stuff. Because again, with anything, it's, it's the tools. Like you got to know the tools and the strategy. Yeah. But you also have to be working on the mindset because you can have the tools, but not be able to really execute or show up to your you know highest capacity. If you're in a mindset place that does not allow for that. So for me, working with people who can help me, you know, work through it, talk through it, doing journaling, practicing journaling. Um, there's something else I was going to say, Oh, it's slipping my mind, but yeah, those are two really big things that I do. And I've been working on manifestation as well. And sometimes that includes just Hmm. reading books about it. Um, a lot of money work, money mindset work and money manifestation work that seeps over into other parts of my life. Um, that's been very, very interesting for me just to experience these other ways of like, how I can be in touch with myself and be in touch with others and whatever that higher power might be. If you, if you believe in that, or if you choose to have that faith, just trusting that you are going to do everything in your power to, you know, work towards something, desire something mentally, but also stay in that positive place, feel the feelings that you really want to feel when you get there and feel how you want to feel on a day-to-day basis and really try to tap into that and trust that you're going to get where you want to go. Now that's, you know, more on the manifestation side, which is kind of about going for something, bringing something in specifically, not necessarily about overcoming anxiety in the moment, but those things can also help us just to be present with how we're feeling now, how we want to feel, you know, what we want out of life and how we can get there depending on where we are now. Yeah, for sure. And and, and if you develop the ability to, so manifestation, law of attraction, it's an interesting topic. And it, it, it's, it's, it, it's hard for me to talk about because I, f- I feel like it's, you know, it's not really provable per se. You, you kind of have to prove it in your, your own life to the, you know, prove it for yourself. But I would imagine if you can develop the ability to feel like you can influence the outcome of your life through positive thinking, through manifestation, that would alleviate a lot of anxiety, right? Because again, I feel like a lot of anxiety is being fearful of the future or fearful of specific situations. So how has that aspect of your sort of outlook on life affected things? Have you had 
positive experiences with that? Yeah, I certainly have. And I think that, listen, you can, like the proof of manifestation, I mean, I believe it to be true. I, I've seen it happen in my clients and myself and and whatnot. But either way, what's more beneficial than like actually trying to manifest things in some ways is really choosing to be focused on what you want and also again tapping into like that high vibration of how you want to feel and how you'll show up with that thing so like some people might say you know if you want to manifest like ten thousand dollars how are you going to feel and how are you going to act when you have that money? That's how you should be feeling and acting right now. And not to say that you should be spending $10,000 right now. Like you should be acting like a fool like that, <laughs> but just meaning like if you had $10,000, you, you might oppose from now, you might be feeling really like happy and fulfilled and confident and secure and whatnot. And so it's like tapping into that feeling and really feeling those feelings now and trying to operate from that vibration helps to actually bring that in. And again, whether or not you're bringing something in, it's almost like who doesn't want to tap into those feelings and get out of a place where you might instead be feeling like despair and frustration and anger and sadness and, and things like that. So it's just a great exercise for working on that mindset and figuring out how can you kind of shift it and into a more, I don't always like to say positive because it's not necessarily about like positive versus negative, but into a place of more abundance and into a place of more joy and whatever feelings you want to be bringing in. I definitely agree that a lot of anxiety is because of focusing on the future and worrying about, about the future. So not only can you work on the mindset in order to, to help with that, but you can also just be prepared. Paired. I mean, like on a tangible level, one of my favorite ways to do things is to be prepared. Like if you know you have a fear of social situations and you're going into a social situation, like can you bring someone with you who will make you feel just calmer going into it? And then, you know, branch out from there, but know that you have someone you can come back to who you know already as you go into it. For me, I'm, I have like, a sensitivity to heat in a way. So when it would be really warm in the summers in New York city, it's like hot and disgusting. Luckily it's, it's gotten a lot better, but I would have to, it would cause me a lot of anxiety sometimes knowing if I had to like go out and then like walk places or do something outdoors if it was really hot out. So I would just plan ahead, make sure I was hydrated, make sure I had water on me, you know, plan to take an Uber instead of the subway or instead of walking if I needed to. And there's no shame in doing any of that stuff if it's going to help you get through because it's better to just plan and do what you got to do and ask for what you need instead of sending your body into like shock waves of panic and anxiety and heart pounding because you're fearful of what may or may not happen. So just being as prepared as you can and also really taking time to meditate or journal and do what you can to step into a positive mindset is going to be immensely helpful for dealing with anxiety day-to-day -day and in acute instances. Let, let's, let's get back to talking a little more about specifically musicians and artists dealing with, with anxiety in the context of pursuing a career in something like music. Because sure. as you know, it's a very hard industry and there's a lot of stresses and challenges that, that come along with something like that that, that I think are, are fairly unique to the music industry. So what sort of advice do you have for someone, let's say someone's in the music industry 
they're giving it all they have and things just aren't working out and, and they're dealing with the stress of that. And maybe there's money situations and relationship issues. What sort of practical advice do you have for people in situations like that? You know, sometimes there, there isn't a quick fix to issues like that. Yeah. And sounds like that person's going through a lot and they're not alone because a lot of people do go through that as well. Right. I mean, I would say on a very basic level, take, start to take inventory of your life. So take an hour or so, sit down, maybe do some journaling around what is going on in your life right now, and then acknowledge kind of what's working, what's not. How do you feel about your money situation? How do you feel about your living situation, your environment? How do you feel about um, your relationship, your friendships? How do you feel about your career, about your job? If you have another job that's different from your music career, which so many in the music industry do. Taking inventory of all of these things, um, anything that comes to mind, right? Hobbies, spirituality or faith, things like that. It's going to be really helpful to take note of where you see something lacking or where you see something that you want to improve versus what's going well. And the stuff that's going well, you don't have to worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. The stuff that you would like to see improvement on, that's where you'll want to put your focus. And, you know, honestly, when you, when I heard, heard your question, the first thing that came to mind now, I'm totally biased, but it's get mm -hmm. help, like get help. Mm -hmm. Where do you need help? So if, if you feel really averse to getting help or getting a coach or taking a program or anything like that. The place where I would start is just by doing what you can with the resources around you. So utilizing Facebook groups, utilizing podcasts, um, books, which are, you know, low cost on the topic and around the thing that you are trying to work on and to improve. And if you do feel like you're able and that you are at a place in your life where you are willing and um, willing and able to work with a coach or work in a program, an online course, anything like that, those things are going to be even more helpful because it's going to help you get actually hands-on help and strategy. And if you're working with a coach, one-on-one -on -one support for specifically what you need. Sometimes it can be really overwhelming when you're dealing with, I hate my job and music career is hard and I feel like I have no money. Like I want to make more money than I'm making. And all of this stuff is it's hard, right? Like it's overwhelming and it's hard. There's no way around it. And a lot of times it can be helpful to have another person by your side, helping you dissect it all and pull it apart and then make a new game plan for moving forward. So you don't have to feel so alone. And on that note too, making sure you have some community around you, whether it's Facebook groups or, you know, a little group chat or in-person meetups or something that you're going to with people who get it in whatever way that might be, you know, maybe other people in the music industry so that you have that support. Yeah. One of, one of the things that was really helpful in my own experience. So about 10 years ago, I started my business selling courses before that I was a guitar teacher. And, and I realized as much as I love music and I, I kind of still feel this way to this day, it was, it became the, the pursuit of music itself became so overwhelming to me because I place so much importance on it, right? It, it, it's like, I had this one thing in my life that was so important to me. It was such a big deal that I realized if I could offset that importance by having something on the side that was a little more stable, a little more reliable, that it would allow me to sort of relax about the pursuit of music 
and go further. So I feel like that's really important, whether, whether it's, whether it's a day job or something related, you know, my, my business, quote unquote, my online business is music industry related. So it's, it's very much connected to my passion, but I think a lot of musicians sort of take an all or nothing approach, which in some ways is, 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 in some ways makes sense because it is sort of that sort of industry, but the flip side of that, if it doesn't work out or you're going through periods where your, your, your mental health is, is suffering, you know, you really have to question whether or not it, it's worth it. Do you, do you have any advice in terms of, you know, when to quit your day job, when to hold on to it sort of thing? You know, it's funny. We were just um, talking about this on an Instagram live I was doing with my friend Megan Kuhar last night. And someone asked just that, like, how do you know when to leave or when you're not feeling aligned with your job anymore? And I think if you're not feeling aligned with your day job anymore, it's going to be pretty obvious. You know, you're going to get those feelings of dread. You're not going to feel excited about it. You're not going to feel motivated to grow or to do more. Um, usually those things are, are pretty obvious, right? Especially as musicians, we can tell if we're into something or if we're not, because we're so into music. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. if we're not so into everything else, then we know. But um, what I said to her was, it's really about, and you kind of already touched on this, but what your goal and priority is. Like, if you really feel like it'll be more beneficial for you and your stress levels and your time um, that you can put into your music career to quit your job and to go full-time, then that's awesome. Once you start to feel out of alignment and once you start to feel like you have either the money or you want the time back or whatever it might be to do it, then that's great. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but it's really important to keep in touch with how you're feeling and what you want. Because if you want to work towards going part-time or full-time in your music career and you see that as pretty much impossible without having some source of income, then maybe your, your um, full-time job or your nine to five or whatever it might be. Yeah. So depending on your goals, it just depends on how that job is serving you. And sometimes finding a middle ground might be helpful too, of just thinking about, do I need to drop down to a part-time job either at the job I'm currently at? And sometimes asking for that can be easier than a lot of people assume it's going to be, or just finding another part-time job that, that maybe has more flexibility um, and still is with within the skill set that you have. And so that, that way you have more time and you have the ability to work on your music career in the way that you want to, but you're also not going from like full-time salary to no time salary. So <laughs> like, it's really about, again, looking at all of the options and figuring out what works best for you at at this time and where, where you're at, at your career. So there's not like right or wrong answer, or once you hit this point, do this. I mean, personally, I quit a full-time job and went to a freelance job to start my business. So I went from full-time to like part-time. And then I recently left that part-time. So now I'm full-time in my business. So I didn't have the business built up, you know, I didn't have the business replacing my full-time salary, which some people have done or would recommend there's no right or wrong answer. It's really just about what's, what works for you. Yeah. You know, as we're having this conversation, Katie, I'm, it, it, I'm starting to think it sort of occurred to me that, that there's, there's in general, in my experience, sort of two, two life situations that bring up a, li- a lot of anxiety for me. One is when something is super important to me and I really want it to work out. Um, sometimes that can be sort of overwhelming, you know, um, 
On the other hand, it's when I just don't try and I give up that creates a level of, of anxiety as well, right? So I think there is, for me at least, some sort of middle ground where you're pursuing things that are important. You know, I I want to push myself, I want to grow, but at the same time, I don't want to do it in a way that that jeopardizes my my uh, you know life situation. Yeah, I think that that's the case for a lot of people. So, so with your business, what were you doing before this? Uh, I was working in music publishing. Oh, cool. What, what were you doing? So I was just, I hadn't decided what exact area I wanted to be in yet. So I started as an assist, executive assistant and I was kind of just riding the wave for as long as possible because I kind of knew I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew that like I was getting the feeling I didn't want to work in publishing anymore. So instead of moving up and moving forward, I was, like I said, kind of riding the wave until I was able to leave that job. And I decided to go with my business, go ahead with my business. Nice. And how how are things going? You've been doing it about a year, you said, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing. I think that the reason why I wanted to start this and and have this focus in particular around wellness and, and mental health is because I feel like now, obviously people are talking about it more in general in the world, but in the music industry, it's still something that we need to break through a little bit more. And I, I've worked with dozens of women now over the past year in a very high touch capacity, one-on-one with them to work through their, their wellness and their mindset struggles and you know, figure out a roadmap to really reach their career goals. And it's been so amazing to see what can happen when you do work in this capacity. And, you know, I've had people come to me in many times being like, oh, I did this person's course or I did this thing. And like, it was just really overwhelming or really stressful. And like, it's too much. I can't really figure out what I want to do or do what I want to do. And it doesn't have to be that way. There is a way out, but a lot of times, it a lot you know artists it's it's this dream that we have to live our music career but there's so many obstacles that can hold us back and so many doubts and again if you're working full-time and being an artist you know you may not be sleeping or taking the best care of yourself and all that really contributes to it so taking a course on like social media marketing or like emailing or anything like that like yeah it will help you get the skills to move your career forward but if you're still stuck in this place where you feel like crap every single day, it's going to be really hard to actually move forward in the way that you want to. So it's been amazing to work with people and see, I mean, my clients have accomplished some incredible things and I'm just so proud of all of them. And it's very rewarding to be doing this. Awesome. Well, listen, I think this is a, a really important topic. I'm not sure that I have much more to add than, than what's been said already, um, but, I, but I'm glad that we had this conversation. Like I said, I think it's an important topic. I think more musicians yeah. and podcasters you know, should talk about this because I think the more open we are about this issue, the more people can, can sort of seek out solutions and, and, and seek out help when necessary. So on that note, let's tell people where they can find out more about you and, and your work. Do you have a, I know you have a website. What is your website address? Yeah. So my website is katiezacardi.com. I'm also on Instagram at katiezacardi. That's where I'm kind of hanging out and connecting with people. And I have a podcast as well called the out to be podcast, which is all on mental health and wellness in the music industry. Awesome. And I'll, I'll link to all of that below this podcast so people can go and check out your resources. Is there anything else you want awesome. to, to add before we, before we leave? 
Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Erin, for having me and for opening up this conversation. I think, you know, the one last thing I'll say is to make sure if you are struggling with, with anxiety, depression, anything, or just are feeling stress <laughs> from being an indie artist or being an artist and trying to, to move forward with your career, I encourage you to do what you can ask for what you need. Don't be afraid to get help and lean on the community support around you. And it's all going to be okay. You're going to be able to work through whatever is going on right now. Absolutely. Well, listen, Katie, that I think this is a good note to uh, end on again. Thank you so much for doing this and um, let's stay in touch. Yeah. Thank you so much.